What's up, everybody? Kevin Wagstaff here with another episode of Spectora Spotlight. And today I have Lexi and Corey from ProTech. I love this episode because traditionally I interview owners, founders of companies, um, people that have gone through the entrepreneurial grind. This is a little different because these are two ladies that came on um, into someone else's vision and kind of took it as their own and they are killing it. They are amazing operators. We met them at the IEB conference. I had heard of them before, um, but ProTech is a huge and growing company um, that's in IEB. And uh, we just reflected on the conference a little, but this is an episode that might be good for you to share with uh, leaders in your company to kind of hear hear how other leaders speak, um, how they view the company, how they're inspired. Um, and maybe there's a good networking opportunity there, maybe there's not, but um, I just thought it was really fun to have on high level leaders that necessarily didn't start the company because it gives them a totally different perspective and uh, it's very inspiring to see someone care to this level um being kind of under someone else's umbrella and vision and then making it their own so um, i apologize for the audio i was in a WeWork conference room that had terrible echo um so i'm not going to ever record in one of those conference rooms again but um i apologize the audio is not great on my end but luckily i didn't talk a ton and let the ladies kind of uh kind of run the show so hope you enjoy and again send me requests for guests that you want to hear on the pod if you want to be on the pod shoot me an email and we'll get it we'll get it done um and again shout out to eric Harmon. um he sent me a, a polo and a hat amazing um i'm gonna wear it on the next episode that we do a youtube video on so if you have a company shirt you want to get a little bit of shine send it to me um and uh and we'll make it happen so hope you enjoy thanks guys all right ladies thanks for uh taking time out of your busy days to join me it's only what three weeks removed from the ieb conference so i was pumped to get you all on like in that window of time where like there's still the energy and excitement i don't know if it's worn off yet but no, not yet. Not yet. Not? Okay, good. So um, for myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I had no energy coming out of it. I was dead, but that's yeah. okay. So <laughs> how has life been since? What's the last couple of weeks been like since coming back? It's been busy. I feel like we got back in the first week. We like got smacked in the face day one. And then day two, we're like, okay, wait, let's like revisit everything we did and kind of get back into like that mindset and, and you know, go over our notes and things like that. Was yeah. that the first conference you all had been to for IEB? It was my first conference. Okay. Yeah. So I've been to, well, I've been through RSTMM. So that was like a series of three different times. And then I've been to, I think, two other different like mastermind events as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, let's, uh, let's give everyone the introduction to yourselves, where you're from, who you are, what you do, um, for those that don't know. All right. You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. Well, so I'm Corey Morgan and I'm originally from Kentucky, Kevin. I don't know if I ever told you that. That's You probably picked up on a little bit of an accent. A little bit. <laughs> um, so I'm originally from Kentucky and went to school at Western Kentucky University, big basketball school, home of the Hilltoppers. Yep. And um, out of college, I joined the army. I was an officer in the United States army for eight and a half years traveled quite a few places, lived in quite a few places. Uh, one of them was my first duty station was in Hawaii, where I actually met Michelle Hopkin. And um, that started this whole thing because at the time she was also living in Hawaii. And uh, so we met there and started a best friendship that's lasted 30 plus years. And I got out of the army from here in the DC area right after 9-11 actually. 
I was pregnant with my daughter and got out of the army. I was married to another service member, another officer. And we kind of saw the writing on the wall that one of us or both of us was going to have to deploy, that we were going to war and just made the hard choice that I was going to get out and stay home and, and raise our daughter. So um, after did, I was out of the army for like eight years, then moved back to Kentucky when the Army's Human Resources Command, uh, the headquarters for all things, you know, human resources for the Army, moved to Fort Knox, Kentucky, which was very close to my hometown, and moved to Kentucky. It started working for them and did a lot of work in the selection for officers, the promotions, promotions, selections, and evaluations, and worked for them and unintentionally became an expert on this tiny little piece of what the army needed help with and uh, a very it was a very negative kind of connotation to it when officers get in big trouble and are going to lose their promotions I had to take them through that process which was not fun for them or me obviously but I learned a lot of lessons from it worked for the army for about eight nine years as a civilian and then that's when Michelle sent me the text the the famous, text. The, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the text that was like after COVID hit, like, hey, operationally, we need help, we need you. And she had been asking me for like nine years to come join ProTech, but I had always really just felt that my heart was with the Army and helping the Army in whatever way, whatever, you know, whatever I needed to do for them. And, uh, but this seemed different that time. And I, I now know that it was kind of different after you know COVID and everything had happened and mm -hmm. just getting back up on their feet after COVID and realizing that more processes need to be in place and systems in place. And uh, so I flew out here in the middle of the pandemic before the airports were really even back open again. Right. <laughs> like only a few people in the airport when I flew out here to meet with her because that was obviously a face-to-face -face conversation, not a phone call conversation. So decided to make the move to Maryland and here I am. <laughs> wow, what a journey. Um, how did y'all meet in Hawaii? Just like hanging out on the beach well, or what? Like no, actually, so this is kind of a funny story. Her and I were both married to different guys and both of those guys were in the same unit in, in Hawaii. Um... And so we met at a unit event. So we laugh, we, now we all laugh and say that we ditched the husbands and kept each other. <laughs> <laughs> Makes for great stories. I love it. Um, Lexi, Lexi, what about your journey to uh, yeah, land? So my story is like not, not even half as interesting <laughs> as any of that. Maybe I should have went first. I'm just older. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm originally from Ohio. And um, so Rob and Michelle, who own the company, are my now husband's aunt and uncle. Um, my husband and I had been I wouldn't say high school sweethearts, but we had like dated back when we were younger, whatever that meant at the time. And he had moved out here um, probably like 2011 to work um, for the family business. Mm -hmm. And we were kind of stayed connected, stayed friends, and then ended up me coming out and visiting. We ended up kind of doing a long distance things for probably close to a year. Um, and honestly, I was kind of at a point in my life, I was young and trying to find my way and didn't know what the, I wanted to do. And so there's a boy I liked who lives six hours from home. Like, why not pick up? And, and exactly. <laughs> Best decision. So, yeah. So I moved out here about eight years ago. Um, 
and actually started with ProTech pretty much right away um, in kind of a, a funny way. So Rob Michelle are, are my husband's aunt and uncle. So they were naturally over helping us unpack and getting us like settled mm -hmm. into our apartment. And uh, Michelle kind of was like, hey, uh, we have this like work event on Monday and we really need someone to answer the phones because we always answer the phone, like no matter what, no matter what's happening, like we will answer the phone here. Yep. So she had asked me like, you know, you just moved here. Like, I know you don't start your job yet. Do you want to answer the phone? And I was like, sure. And so that Monday I started um, just answering the phones and then kind of from there started doing like paperwork stuff. I would come in like once a week and just do like anything that they need just to make some extra cash. And um, about probably a year, maybe a little less than a year later, um, that was when they were like, okay, we're, you know, kind of to the next growth phase. And we really, Michelle was doing a lot of the marketing stuff at the time, but it wasn't really like a thing. Like it was just here and there. Um, and so they brought me on board to kind of lead that division off and, um, you know, make it a real kind of process and things like that. So I started with them full-time in 2014. Um, and since then have sort of grown with the company. I feel like it's my own little baby just because I came in when it was so young and, uh, and small. So it's been a super fun, super fun journey. Did you know what you were answering the phones for? How much did they prepare you for like no, what this no. industry is? <laughs> no, I didn't even know what a home, I barely knew, like I knew what a home inspection was because my boyfriend at the time like did home inspection, but that's it. Like I, yeah. So, I mean, I, they kind of told me like, okay, scheduling and like what the little time blocks look like and like have an idea for it. And so I would kind of say, Hey, you know, maybe we have an opening tomorrow, but honestly, like, I'm just, I'm just taking messages. Like someone will call you back to confirm everything. <laughs> <laughs> but you were there. You were someone yeah. that answered. That's what matters. I answered. Um, I answered. Yep. I want to dig into each of your kind of buy-in into the, into Robin Michelle's vision and the company culture. And this ties into all the IEB stuff, which I want to mm -hmm. you know ask you about, but like, at, what, was there a point when each of you um, were kind of like, wow, like this is pretty special and I'm, I'm in like, when was that? I'm all in if there was a moment. Yeah, I don't. Um, that's a good question. I was actually thinking about that because I had a feeling you were going to ask that. And, you know, to be honest, in the very beginning, like it was just a job like we were, you know, we weren't involved with IEB. We didn't really have all of the stuff that we have now and the whole vision and the culture and, you know, kind of like setting what like what the future looks like. Like we had none of that in place. Um, and so it was for me, it started with just a job. I was just helping out. I mean, I feel like I always had the buy-in because it's a family company. Um, I come from like a family business with my mom and her brothers and stuff. And so I kind of like naturally had that sort of interest in mind. Um, it helped that my husband is a home inspector. And so it was like, yeah, I bring in business and like more food on my plate. And we win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but honestly, it, it really was when we started IEB, I had, I was really involved with them with the last coaching group that they were part of. And um, that was, it was always really good, but it was just a lot of kind of the same sort of stuff of just how to do your job in the sense of like tactics and like technical stuff. Um, and I can remember when there was two other people in our company that went to the IEB event first and came back and they were all like this and that and goals and like, you know, all these, like, I'm going to be the CEO of ProTech, like all this stuff. And I was like, I can remember calling my mom afterwards, like, what the hell? Like, I'm not like, this is not what I'm about. Kind of don't thing. give me that Kool-Aid. Yeah. yeah. Don't give yeah. me that. <laughs> um, but really it was, I wouldn't say it was like, you know, the first time I went to IEB, but I think it was probably the first or second time going through RSTMM and um, Dirk had made a comment about the fact that like, if you're here today, like that's because, you know, your owners feel that 
you, they value you enough and they want to put you, you know, in charge of things and hiring people. And honestly, I had no idea even before that, that I was like supposed to be like hiring or training or anything like that. Um, so I think just, you know, kind of having that mindset switch and just kind of getting exposed to the, the vision and future of like what this could potentially be for me. I think over that first year of us um, joining IAB for me was, was definitely a pivotal moment. For me, yeah. it's, it's pretty interesting because, you know, my background is army military leadership, you know, as an army officer, like that's what I've known and studied and been a part of for the last 30 years. So when I first came here and heard about IEB and heard about Dirk and all these things, I was kind of like, ah, what's this guy that's, you know, a home inspection coach, what's he going to teach me about leadership? <laughs> <laughs> but I was also, I'm also pretty humble. So I'm like, you know, I have an open mind. So I'm like, you know, let me figure out what this is all about. So then I joined the RGT class and, you know, Dirk was talking about, he was going through his hiring process and, you know, all the things and take, teaching us about hiring. And I was, and I come from the federal government where everything is so regulated and, you know, things are legal and illegal. And I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure that's not legal. <laughs> so I came away from that, like, holy cow, like you, I get why he wants that. He wants us to ask all these deep questions and, you know, really pull strings when you get a little piece of something that might go deeper. But I was like, that's le that's not legal. You do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I was a little feared. <laughs> I was a little afraid of all that at first. Um, but then as I kept going in the classes and then with the, the leadership calls and whatnot, I realized, you know, Dirk is really, um, he teaches advanced leadership. Like he is so far as a visionary in leadership and with Jonathan and Joe and Bill and the team of folks, you know, Wesley, the team of folks that he has working for him at Birkflow and all the research that they do, they are so far advanced on leadership that it just, I mean, really, truly, my mind was blown. And I now I cannot believe that I've had so much advanced leadership training in this last year that's way more than the last 20 years, probably that I had working for the army. And I, it's almost unfortunate, you know, that the military is not looking for folks like Dirk, like Tony Robbins, you know, just folks like that, that really are on the cutting edge of leadership and emotional intelligence and all of that. You nailed it. Nailed it. There's so many reasons why I'm, I was so excited to have you both uh, on to chat. One, I guess industry outsiders is maybe a term where it's just like it, this industry just kind of found you and then now you're applying all your skill sets and, and all these great things. It could have been any industry, right? Like your husband, mm -hmm. Lexi could have been a veterinarian or you could have gotten into so many other like fields, but it almost doesn't matter what fields. Cause like all these EQ leadership themes can be applied anywhere. Right. Um, and then also both of your energy and kind of just like how, just how much you were just being your authentic and how much you cared about pro tech. I was like that, like I want, I want that on my team. You know, that's what we strive for. So I was excited to have you on. So what, what were some of the like impressions and takeaways from IEB? Like what was on your, like, Hey, these are things we're going to come away with and do, or even feelings of just how it went. Uh, I stole one from you. 
which one? <laughs> the well, and actually, I'm not the only one because I heard that um, Harmony's team implemented so some of the things. But the open door, your Slack open door, was that was mm -hmm. this? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That one is one that is on my to do list. Absolutely. Um, I took. I came away from IB the Unite a little bit different than everybody else. Um, I and I already you know, we spoke about this in one of the last calls when we kind of unpacked and downloaded the, the Unite event for everybody on the ELT call. And I took an appetite suppressant. I, I didn't wanna, I came back with energy, but I also came back with, I've already learned in this last year that I, I'm not Dirk and I can't do it the way Dirk does it for everybody here. So I need to take that lesson and it needs to really, I need to sit with it for a little while and figure out how am I gonna bring it to the team in a way that's authentically me and can then filter down through the rest of ProTech. So I, I kind of took an appetite suppressant. I, I didn't wanna try to do too much because we already had a lot on the table that we were working on. So, um, but we did implement some things really right away. And one of the first things that we did was Lexi, Rob, Michelle, and I, the four of us got together and took um, this little spreadsheet that Philippe and Tanya and Kat had, I think, put together that really just like, what are the things that I wanna do right now when I get back? What are the things that I wanna revisit? And who do I wanna stay in contact with? It was really just, you know, you just filled out this chart and we did it as a group and brought all of our takeaways together into one thing. So now we have that, you know, we can take a look at that when we're ready to start doing something new. What were those great ideas that now we're ready to, you know, figure out how to make it work at ProTech and go all in? Beautiful. I have a follow-up question because this is, I only get to ask this once when someone goes to their first home inspector conference because... <laughs> What was your impression of what a home inspector conference would be? And then what was IEB? Like, how did it feel? I was so nervous to go. <laughs> I was so nervous. I was because I, I really was. Um, and I don't really get very nervous. Matter of fact, Lexi asked me right before this podcast, she was like, are you nervous for the podcast? I'm like, no, I'm happy. I get to see Kevin. <laughs> get to chat. Yeah. We're hanging out. Yeah, yeah. So, but I was a little nervous about going because I knew you know, Rob and Michelle had these very uh, deep relationships with all these people. And I'm kind of that outsider coming in. And I just didn't really realize where I was going to fit or how, or even if I was going to fit in. And I also knew that it was, you know, going to be like very early in the morning till very late at night. And I was like, okay, I don't roll like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 50. I, I, don't roll, I don't roll late into the middle of the night. So, um, but my impression was that inside IB, there is an amazing group of people who are not just leaders in like just, you know, yeah, they're in the home inspection industry, but these are folks that could do anything in any industry. So I was really super impressed with a lot of the, the owners, the ones that spoke, um, some of the younger people, you know, just like Lexi, that you guys, you know, you and Michael, um, just the Max Home Inspections, you know, they have Mitch, the older one, but then they also have 
um, Sean and Sylvia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Sylvia and just super impressed with everybody and how giving and caring. And that's something like I'm kind of a person that holds my cards tight. So I've had to drink the Kool-Aid of IEB and be more of a sharing person. But the thing about it is it's easy to share with somebody that you like and that you feel a connection and can align with. And that's the thing I like about IEB is that not just anybody's getting in. And if they let you in, you know, you're kind of in on a trial period until you prove your integrity and that you're willing to share and that you are in alignment. And they're not afraid to, for somebody that isn't to ask them to step out. So that's the, the big thing with IB that I appreciate. They are protecting, you know, their integrity, their just how they feel about business and those alignments and all of those um, connections that they have. And I, I really like that. It's unique for any industry. I tell people that where I'm like, this isn't just home inspector good. I believe this is like any industry good, what, what's happening and how special it is. Um, Lexi, what, what were your uh, kind of immediate thoughts and takeaways? Yeah. So for me, um, I think it was a really big, just kind of like ignition. Like I just, you know, with, with COVID happening and then just organizationally, we've had like just massive change with on top of, you know, everything happening and my whole job kind of completely changing from being like out in the face of the company to the face of the company behind a screen and just a lot of changes and stuff. And, you know, I think that for me, it was a really good um, reignition of the, the, vision past the right now. Um, you know, just seeing all of the other different companies and, and, you know, knowing all of these things that we've been wanting to do, but then seeing people and they're actually doing it, right? Like they're actually growing their businesses and expanding into other areas and starting new businesses. Um, and I think for me, it was just really exciting to sort of get back to that mindset and be, I'm a people person. So like being connected and partying like all morning and all night, that's like, that's my jam. So, like, so I was good. super stoked uh, just to do that. Um, for me, I think was just really um, just exciting. And I think it really helped me realize like what's important and what I need to do right now to be able to get to where some of these other companies are going to be that, you know, we all ultimately are, are trying to work towards. I want to get back to the work stuff in a minute, but on a human level, tell me how great, like, was it just to hug people to just to be all in a room without like masks? A like, tell, yeah, tell me each how that felt, because this is like once in a probably lifetime feeling where it's like, we look forward to an in-person thing for a year. Yeah, I was, you know, in the beginning, I was wondering, like, knowing that, like, I've been, you know, I have like a very close immediate family that I've for very fortunately been able to see and stuff like that. And, you know, been able to still have that human connection and even here at work with some of the people that, like, I see her outside of work, you know, so I've been very, very, very blessed in the sense that I've been able to still stay somewhat connected to my family and my friends. But being in like a crowd like that, I was wondering with myself, like, am I going to go there and it's going to be almost like a shell shock? Like, you know, like almost feel weird, but it wasn't, it felt nothing but natural. And, you know, there was almost, I feel like after the first initial, like you get there and it was like almost as if nothing else had, had happened before. Um, it was very energizing for me. Yeah. For me, the cool thing was, you know, after being on all these calls and on zoom and meeting these people and everyone seemed so nice and so giving and sharing. And, you know, so I was like, yeah, but what would it be really like, but then coming out there yeah. and meeting them, it's like, okay, no, really these people are very authentic and very just, just natural, mm -hmm. you know, and there's, there was, I don't know, it was just super cool. So it was nice for me to get to meet all these people that I had started 
you know, just small relationships with and then kind of expand on that while we were all out at Unite. Yeah, and I should yeah. say on that, so there's been a group of, of us uh, growth, you know, growth team, whether it's members or, or leaders that have been connected since like around COVID time. And um, two of them specifically, Ashley and April, who have been kind of the consistent one since the beginning where we have like, you know, we have text messages going, we have calls, like sometimes we were having a weekly, monthly, and just have always stayed like really connected. And it was so cool to meet them because like they literally, I'm like, I have like a best friend in California and I've never met her. Right, right. <laughs> so like we saw each other and it was like, ah, you know, like we're best friends and like we never even met. And so it was really cool to just see the people like Corey was saying that you've connected with and just finally get to like hug them and say hello, like on a real level. And it just made me realize how much it reminded me of how much uh, is has lost through a Zoom and like body language and demeanor and energy and smiles are just different and everything that like the human connection brings um, yeah. is just so special. And then it's magnified by a year of COVID. And then like, even like, like Corey, we've emailed and I felt your warmth through email, but then it's like when you meet someone and they like come in for a hug, you're like, yeah, hey, like <laughs> it's real. Like we're, we're friends, we're doing this. Yeah. Um, and so it, yeah, the whole thing was electric for me. I, I loved it. I think it was, you know, it's only going to get better. But that one conference, the first conference back was what I was kind of like daydreaming about. Because I, I drive, I get energy from people and being in a crowd. Yeah. Um, but yeah, wanted to touch on that because I thought it was, it was a very special moment. Even that first session, everyone's kind of like warming up of like this post-COVID feeling. Um, and then the party obviously was, was a great time. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk about just leadership in general with you two, because I'm, I'm, I was so impressed with just your level of just the game and the level you play at that I could tell each of you operate at, um, you know, it felt like you were company owners there on behalf of your own company. And that's, that's like, a, that was the highest praise I could think of when I was when I was talking about you all and a couple others to my team. Um, tell me what it means to you with your teams that you're leading. Like, what did you come back thinking? Okay. Me as a leader this is what I have to do, or this is, these are things I'm thinking about going forward. I know for me, it was our leadership development. Um, you know, that all of, there was quite a few companies that had talked, uh, you know, spoke on that they have started their leadership development and uh, Rob and Kat Lemoyne were up there. And that was one of the things that they were talking about when they did the traps, I mm -hmm. think, you know, they were like, don't fall into a trap where you're not developing your leaders. They're so and good. The end of it, they're so, such great speakers. Yeah. And um, he, he said, who wants this t-shirt or whatever? And I was like me, because mm -hmm. that's something that I had been talking about that hadn't been able to get to yet, you know, in my first months here with ProTech. So um, I took that t-shirt and realized, you know, this is my accountability piece that's going to hold me accountable and to get that going because a lot of our team members, you know, I always say Lexi comes by a lot of leadership naturally and she'll say she had a great example from her mother, uh, but a lot of our leaders are young and ProTech is their, some of them, their first real career job experience. So if we're, you know, if we're not teaching it to them, they didn't get it from somewhere else. We got to develop that, you know, and, and some of them have some things that they've already experienced that have shot, made them shy away from leadership. So I'm like, we got to go back to the foundation, back to the principles. And that's where I need to start with our younger group of leaders. And then let's move forward 
to get them to where they can accept what Dirk is saying uh, and be able not be overwhelmed by it and be able to embrace it and start implementing it. So for me, that was that was the big thing was developing our leadership program, and we got it started. So we had a basically a leadership foundation, you know, principles of leadership lesson, and it was great fun. Some of people were on Zoom. I think it's not as not as exciting on Zoom. So I'm thinking about making it mandatory unless you know someone has a big issue with that. So, but the next one we're moving on and we're going to build on it. They build on each other. And um, I think it's going to be great. I think within the first four, probably sessions, I'm hoping that I've really reached some of the, some of the folks and they can start really applying like problem solving skills and just decision-making that helps them, you know, when they're, when they don't have somebody right there to fall back on, you know? Did you say some of this was in person or over Zoom or a a mix? It was a mix, yeah. So some folks came in to the conference room and then we had it Zoomed as well. So some of the inspectors that had, you know, morning inspections couldn't drive all the way here because Mm -hmm. then they have an inspection way down in D.C. So they Zoomed in for it. So, Mm -hmm. well, that was really cool, too, just to kind of piggyback off of what she said afterwards we were you know, kind of overhearing in the office and I don't know what the situation was but yeah. they were actually reading like there was like the seven principles it was like you know very basic like extreme ownership and things like that and whatever situation they were dealing with they were reverting back to the principles that Corey had just taught them that morning about <laughs> well maybe you know it was something that we could have done differently kind of thing it was cool and so that was definitely a definitely a, a definitely big success can you share that with me? I love reading this kind of stuff and just and seeing if we can apply it. I can. Um, I don't have a lot of great notes on there to, you know, deep explain because some of them I explained from my experience and I picked out people in the room. I always, when talking about it, I think that whoever wrote the book, Extreme Ownership, that I haven't even read, but I don't need to because the example is sitting right next to Because I read me. the book. Yeah. <laughs> the book. Just teach us. Read the book and you listen to what it says. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm kind of wired that way myself. Um, but I always brag on Lexi because she takes extreme ownership and, uh, and I love that. So, but, so you can't get that necessarily from the slide deck, uh, mm-hmm. but I will definitely share it with you. Cause I also have in the notes, some video clips that back up, you know, there's some great movies out there. Remember the Titans, uh, glory, you know, just some really amazing leadership, you know, points and lessons in those movies. So we shared those just to make it a little more fun and a little yeah. different, you know, just to give examples. And then how does it apply to what we're doing here at ProTech? Love this. Love all this. Um, Lexi, what does leadership look like on, on your side of the house? Yeah, this is always like such a hard question for me because, um, I think because so many things come naturally, like sometimes I don't, I don't like look at myself like, oh, I'm like this leader or like every, you know, people like share stories and I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I did that. Like, I, guess I, I just kind of do stuff. Yeah, yeah I just right. do and stuff. So it's always hard for me to like answer specifically, but I think for me, it's just setting the example is the biggest thing. Like, you know, if there's people that are a lot smarter than me that say, hey, read this book because you can learn a lot of things. And they say to read Extreme Ownership because there's a lot of really great tools in there. Like, well, maybe you should read Extreme Ownership and take away some great things from that. So I think for me, it's just like looking to people that are, you know, already past what I've, you know, been doing and and following them and just setting the example for, for myself, most importantly, and for my team and 
um, even for, you know, my family members and my friends and people in my life. Like, I think if I can just listen to others and implement that, um, I think naturally people sort of look to me then as that leader, you know, cause I'm, I'm doing it. Like, I'm not just saying it, I'm, I'm doing it. Um, book club magical. Yeah. We have, we're, we're, we have a book club, but it's getting more formalized where you, you pass people books sometimes maybe before they're, you think they're ready, but they're ready to read these, you know, like the yeah. ones, especially in leadership, right. The, you know, all these books, uh, we're reading one now called powerful. It's about Netflix's culture. Um, very cool, very great stuff. And we, we've given it to like half our team now to say like, yeah, we should all be thinking about this. And the book club is a great idea. I have um, one of my team members who was kind of a, a developing leader and we had started a book club and, you know, she's like, I'm not a reader. And I'm like, trust me, I didn't read a single book in high school. I was never a reader. Like I read a lot of books now and I was never a reader. And I'm like, I get where you're at, but just read the book. Like, let's just talk about it. And, you know, the first one, like, okay. And you could tell, like, just wasn't really into it. And then like the second one, like a little bit better. And you know, kind of like, did you even read the book, but having right. like something highlighted and stuff like that. And it's so cool to see because after so many, and then you find, you know, one that resonates with them for whatever reason, whether it's the story or just, you know, whatever it is, and then they get excited about it. And now they're excited for the next one. And then they're bringing stuff to the table and they're bringing book ideas and they're reading other books, you know, on the side that are, are similar. <sighs> so it's really cool. I think that's just such an easy way. Like, it's not like I'm going to force you to read this book, but like you should, cause why not? you know? So I think it's like the best kind of peer pressure. It's like yeah, peer exactly. pressuring people to stimulate that part in their brain of personal growth. And then it gets addictive. It really does. Yep. Yep. Um, I have we'll have to do. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. still working. Sorry. I'm reading Harry. I'm reading the Harry Potter series right now. For like the so. 12th time. <laughs> no, hey. no, no. I've never read it. No, I mean, I'm, I'm in like book. Let's see. I'm in book four right now, but the, how have you never read Harry Potter? Because I'm not your age. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made a promise to my wife and daughter that I would read Harry Potter with them because they've read it like 12 times, literally. Yeah. And so each time we'll all start reading and within three minutes, I'm asleep with the book on my chest, but I could read self, I could read uh, Extreme Ownership straight through in like two days, yeah. you know? And yeah. so it's so funny how I- I actually just read Harry Potter. Like a few, it is like my generation, really my brother, who's a couple years older than me, but um, I didn't read it. And Michelle and actually her daughter a few years ago started reading it. And they're like, you should read it with us. And so I read it with them and was like engulfed in it. Like mm -hmm. I absolutely loved it. I Even love as an it adult, too. it's great. Oh yeah. I love it too. Um, what what's Both it like working for it right now so yeah. we're in different books my daughter's ahead of me <laughs> what's it like working for rob and michelle <laughs> it's being recorded i know <laughs> <laughs> they are they are so much fun they are oh my gosh they are so much fun um it's it's uh, different for me because Rob, you know, Michelle Relationship. and I have been yeah. best friends since the 90s. Right. And, um, she, I, you know, I always say she's changed so much and she really has. She has changed so much. So business has changed her. Uh, she is, you know, I see her now really standing up for herself and, you know, setting boundaries where before, you know, I didn't that wasn't a thing in our friendship. So I didn't see that. So it's, it's really different to see her in a, as a business woman now. Mm -hmm. um, and Rob is, I always say Rob is an unintentional genius mm -hmm. because that's, ex I mean, that, I, that's the best way to say it. I mean, there's no other way to say it. He really is. 
He is a nut. <laughs> he is the best. He is so freaking hilarious. He doesn't even mean to be, but he is so funny. And he comes up with some off the wall ideas, but you know, like spaghetti, when you throw them on the wall, some of it sticks and some of it doesn't. And some of his ideas are just turn out to be genius ideas that then people like us can be like, okay, you know, we can do something with that. Yeah. Uh, so it's cool to work. It's, it is, it is really super cool. And also they really care about people. Mm -hmm. You know, they just not too long ago, Michelle said, Rob and I were talking last night and we want you to take every other Friday off because you are working entirely too much. So they care about me. They care about my kids. They, you know, care about my work-life balance where I don't care about that so much. I should, but I don't. And, uh, you know, they hold me accountable to not be at ProTech early in the morning till late in the evening. You know, go home, <laughs> read Harry Potter with your kid. <laughs> yeah, well, that I think is such a big thing. Like the, the, you know, if you care about people first, then the rest of it kind of doesn't matter. Because just to touch on that, like they're the most giving, loving, kind people in the world in the sense that if you go to them for anything, like you know, my husband and I talk about it all the time. Like it, there is such, there's a sense of like security having people like that in your life that you know that no matter what you could go to them and they're going to help you in whatever way that they possibly can. And, you know, like Corey was saying, like the whole work-life balance thing, like they know the work's going to get done if you're happy with your home life and you're, you know, if you're, if you can find that balance. And so like you need a day off, there's never a question about it. You know, and, and it can be frustrating sometimes because there's people, there have been people here that kind of take advantage of that and that, oh yeah, you know, we're really flexible here so I can just always leave early and always, you know, have off mm -hmm. and whatever. Um, but just having that level of just understanding that, you know, people's home life is really important too, I think is definitely hands down the, the best thing ever. Yeah. That's what I gathered from them was that they view it as it should, I believe it should be, which is like, we're holistic people that bring our whole selves to work and they're intertwined. Like mm -hmm. our, we're going to have issues that happen. We're going to have tough times and we should be able to talk about them. It's not this like strict boundary anymore of that's just work. And that's just like personal life. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I want to shift to what I was really excited to ask you all about, which is um, just being, I guess, like l women that lead in business is such a, we need it more in our industry. We need it more just everywhere. Um, my wife reads so many books because she's an entrepreneur herself. And so she's always like talking to me about these societal and these like subconscious things that somehow either hold back or give the illusion of holding back women of like being in leadership and then not apologizing for it of just being like, yeah, I'm leading this team and things that like are harder to talk about. Right. Because there's certain things that if a man, if a man did it, wouldn't be a conversation. Right. So I want to talk, is that something you all even think about, or is it, uh, is it something that you kind of have personal pride in, or is it just, Hey, you're in these positions and you're just leading like, just like anyone else would. Yeah. I don't think, I think because for me, my example and my whole entire life, my mom was a bit an entrepreneur with some of her brothers, but in five older brothers and only like three of them made it in the business with her. And she was the boss. 
Um, mm-hmm. And even growing up, like she's the boss, like my mom, my dad, like it doesn't matter. Like there's only one person in my life that I've ever been afraid of and still <laughs> and that's my mom so I think for me like because I just naturally like was born into that of you know a woman in charge she was a single mom for a long time and raised my brother and I um and has always just made it happen that I I sometimes have I forget to think about that you know what I mean because Mm -hmm. it's always just sort of been there for me um but I do love the fact that it is such a, a topic these days and that there is so much more empowerment for that and that so many more people who weren't sort of born into it, you know, fortunately, um, are able to experience that for themselves as well. Yeah. And finding that power, you know, we have, uh, you know, women on our leadership team where we, we do work with them a lot of like, Hey, there's no, like, it's, it's a weird thing to talk about, but like not consider when yeah. stepping into your power. And it's a, uh, it's an odd thing to navigate, but I love talk. I love just like having the raw conversations around it of saying like, Hey, why did you just apologize to me for time that we had on the calendar that we're meeting, you know, like little things like that. Um, Corey, I'm sure you have lots to draw on um, coming from the military background. Cause I grew up in a military family. I'm, I am aware of the dynamics that, that can be in that, uh, in that world. Yeah. I have, you know, in, in the army, I definitely experienced some, um, you know, just some, I've been smacked on the butt, you know, <laughs> ridiculous so stuff I, yeah yeah I mean I've had some you know sexual harassment that's happened when I was in the army not anything terrible bad but um just stuff that you know we spoke about it and it was handled uh my thing is and I'm not sure Lexi would agree with me on this we could probably talk about this for years and not agree on it um my thing is is I want to be like known as a strong leader I don't necessarily want to be known as a strong female or, you know, a woman that's a leader. And I think we're not all going to get onto equal terms and, and until we can, you know, women can accept the fact that, yes, we're women. Yes, we're doing, we're strong. We're doing these things, but I don't like to stand up on a drum and, you know, beat that drum about that. I'm a woman doing these strong things. I just want to be known as, oh, that's, you know, Corey, she came to protect, she's got an army background and she's doing a great job. You know, not that she's a woman manager. I don't know. I'm, I've just worked so hard. I don't want to say fit in because that's not it. I've spent so much time in the army trying to be at the same level, but without having to beat my drum. Like I, I I want to earn it on my own. I don't want to earn it just because I don't want it just because I'm a female. I want whatever I earn. I want to earn it because I put the hard work in and did that hard work. So, you know, I kind of come from that place. And sometimes I have to, you know, just kind of watch my tongue a little bit when I'm around someone who is because there's nothing wrong with being proud. You know, but I have to kind of watch my I don't want to impart what I think on someone else when they are speaking about, you know, I'm a woman and I'm strong and I'm doing this. Great. <laughs> I, I, tr- I, tr- I truly love both perspectives. That's why I love like both of you being here and just like, cause I, I weave in and out of both myself, you know, where it's like, I hesitated to even bring it up, but I was also excited to like shine a light on it because at the IEB conference, I didn't think I was talking to two powerful females in an organization. It was just a room full of talented people. Mm-hmm. And we ended up connecting. And so um, we don't even have to spend a ton of time on it. But I think it's, uh, it's, it's amazing to see it's something I'm cognizant of, um, as we're kind of, I think, building up leaders in our organization. Um, 
but it's just cool to see that power just, just stepping into that power just without even any conversation about it. So kudos yeah, there. I think the conversation too, like you were saying, having that raw conversation and talking about it and hearing different perspectives. And, you know, like you were saying, the gal was apologizing. Like that's, you're, you're right. Bringing that to her attention. You know, she probably didn't even realize. So having that conversation, that is just absolutely perfect. You know, so I and, love it. And man or woman in our industry, right? It's just like, what do you want out of life? What are your goals? What do you want to get to? Let's, exactly. let's go get it. Well, that's why I think that so much of, of like what we learn in IEB, whether it's, um, you know, just the behavioral of a person mm -hmm. and whether it's male, female, and maybe it's like specific, you know, or more common with one or the other, but understanding how that person operates from like their human system and being able to work with that. And like, that's why I, I love everything that we learn because it's, it's about that. It's about like that person, how they operate. So if you know that, you know, they might need that extra like reminder of, you know, acknowledging something because they might not think about it, you know, naturally, like that's really cool to, to know and understand. Like, I don't think a lot of people think about that. It goes so many levels deeper behavioral versus like, it's so surface level and basic. Just think about race or gender or whatever. And I love that. Absolutely. I love that take. Um, where's ProTech going? Are you having to think about building leaders um, in different parts of the country as you guys think about expansion or is, or is it very much like, Hey, <laughs> staying within state? Yeah, that was a big takeaway too from Unite is uh, we were talking with Rob afterwards and we're like, okay, so like, you know, give us like the rating of like all these companies and then like, where do you think we are? You know, like, tell us like, honestly. And he said, we were, we're on the highway going about 40. And so now my big thing is like, Corey, we need to be going like 60, 65. Like we're not even to the speed limit. Yet. Right, 40? No. <laughs> Yeah. So we, I think we've taken our time and there's been a lot of um, organizational things that we've just kind of worked out. And, you know, we were already a really big company coming into IEB. And so learning all this stuff was really, really hard for us because we had a lot of art, a lot of people probably already in the wrong seat at the time. And a lot of people that you had to now get bought into this culture and a lot of people to just work with. Um, and so I think for us, it was a slow start just yeah. because we had so much to kind of work through that we already had jumbled over the years, uh, which is another reason why I love talking to like some of these small companies. I'm like, dude, you just don't even know. Like if we learned this years ago, like just, uh, uh, so I think it's been a slow start, but I feel like we're finally to the point where like we have some of our really big puzzle pieces. And if we can just get a couple more of those big puzzle pieces um, and continue to expand and we're already starting um, another, you know, another company and we're expanding into another area. So I don't think we're at the point yet to go national. However, if one of our employees moved to somewhere across the United yeah. States, I'm sure we would, we would be more comfortable just kind of winging it and doing it because we've at least done it once and yeah. can, you know, yeah, clean up the rest. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So I, I think that we learned some lessons expanding into New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Um, we learned a lot of lessons with that and probably won't repeat some of the things that we did. We'll look at it in a different way. We do have some folks here that are interested in moving to different parts. Uh, we have a guy that his parents are in New Mexico. Yeah, New Mexico mm -hmm. that he's, you know, talked about moving to New Mexico. So, you know, we would do the metrics on it and look at it and see what that looks like and is their business, would it be profitable to go there? But if he was ready to open up, you know, we've, He's already got some leadership that's been poured into him. So, mm. um, so yeah, I, I think that 
it's but the expansion piece whoa and you've been pumping the gas i've been pumping the gas just a little bit because you know they're all they've been going at this pace <laughs> and doing and you know the thing with protech you what did rob say once you know you just jump out of the airplane and you figure out how to build the parachute <laughs> on the ground and i are on the way to the ground i'm like no 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 let's let's put some things in place so that you know we can take that and move that wherever we need it to go so um so i think we're we're there we're ready now there's we've still got some other you know it's like the dam is blocked and there's a couple holes in it that you know we're still doing this but but all of it's not going to come crashing in right so. and rob and michelle are literally you know because they're part owners and coaches with ib so they really count on lexi and i to run the daily operations of protech and now getting our new uh, a new business up under Protex Umbrella, getting that started and our expansion piece. So, you know, they're not in the office daily. Um, so there's a lot going on and I'm like, okay. But, but I keep going back to the 4DX book is like that guy said in that book, you can't do 10 things well and, you know, good and right at one time. You got to pick what you're doing well and what you're going to get right and focus on that. So that's, that's the main reason I feel like we're in, we're going 40 down the interstate, but we're about, I keep telling her I'm pushing the gas. I'm hiring that plumber. I'm getting us a plumber. <laughs> well, I think it goes back to just, it's the, it goes back to the people, right? It's like, mm -hmm. who do you need in place? Like Corey and I keep talking about this is like, okay, who do we need to free up some of her time so that if we did expand into a new area, she would be it's never going to be like you're just available just sitting around waiting for us to expand but like to where it's not like so much like yeah. who's that person we're missing yeah. and for me it's like okay well if i need to if we're expanding into other businesses or other territories like i can't still be super involved in the day-to-day -day operations of like the dmv area and so i'm trying to work on building that leader and getting another person for some of that to where i can like open myself up to do different things so yeah. it, it goes back to just who are you missing not necessarily where are you going next and how fast are you going to get there? And that's really where Lexi and I have been focusing a lot of our attention right now is, you know, recruiting and finding the right people to bring in so that her and I can get out of the weeds and be able to look back at the whole forest. Give me some tips on recruiting. It's a, it's a hard, it's not, I mean, given the, the landscape right now, it, there's so many factors going into this. Tell me what that's like trying to recruit. A lot of uh, crying. <laughs> <laughs> no, for me, I think, so I, I'm, I have not yet been successful. I have a couple interviews this week and two in particular that I'm like really, really excited about. Um, I have a really hard time with this. Like, you know, it, there's a, the big aspect of it is being, you know, your network and being out there in the world and finding like, whether you're at a restaurant or you're here and finding talented people, but like, we're not doing those things. Right. And so I've really recently been relying on like Indeed and LinkedIn and Facebook and, and online, which is hard because you go through a lot of just nothing or people that are just not serious yeah. in any way, shape or form. So what I've tried to do is one, stay consistent and just as long as I can focus on it for an hour a day, like I feel like even if I'm not moving forward with it, like my moral compass is like, I'm at least trying an hour a day to like do something, you know? Um, and then trying to like somehow put up like a block to where I don't have to keep talking to people that are just going to waste my time. Mm -hmm. So like we use the AccuMax in our company. And so like one of the first thing I do out of the gate is I'm like, okay, you applied, 
thanks for applying here. Take this, you know, what's a good email to take this assessment? Well, if one, you don't get back to me in a timely manner and your email looks like you've never written an email again, or you just, whatever, like I don't, I'm not wasting my time. Mm -hmm. And so I think just trying to find like whatever that like block is that you can give them like here, right out of the gate, can you do this? Yes or no. And if yes, then maybe we'll talk. And, you know, hopefully if everything goes well this week, that it might be working out, but I don't, I don't really have advice. I'm still working on it. <laughs> yeah. And recruiting is, this is hiring and recruiting is something that I kind of felt like I had down come from the army. You know, I hired lots of people, but this was been a huge eye opener for me because, you know, the folks that were applying to be on my team in officer promotions, working for the army, it was pretty easy. They all go on USA jobs.gov and throw their resumes in there and apply for jobs. And I get resumes thrown at me where here it's like, holy cow, where are people? Are, people? <laughs> are there, is there anybody out there that would like to get paid? Right. <laughs> it's, it's almost ridiculous. Yeah. So, you know, we're getting super, super creative, which Lexi was already creative on trying to recruit people. Um, but there we're, they're trickling in. Um, Indeed has been the most, mm -hmm. I've made the most money probably here recently with resumes coming in from Indeed. Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely having to weed through, you know, the folks that are in Africa and in UAE. And I'm like, why are these people even applying? Like just rapid fire, quick apply. I think there's a quick apply button on there. Someone just told me about that today where you don't even get to the description. It's just like quick apply. And I'm like, uh, we're not even reading all the stuff we're putting time into writing in there to talk yeah, about. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like before when I was having phone interviews and they would like ask questions and I'm like, did you even, you do read. you even know like what you're even applying <laughs> for? Like, why are you talking to me? Like, I just want to put you. Yeah. You protect. No. Okay. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's the team makeup currently like different uh, types of roles and how many and then like what are you hiring for now in case someone happens to be watching this and in, in yeah so i'm hiring right now for an outside sales rep um specifically for our dmv area and then probably pretty soon after in our um, philadelphia new jersey area um that person is going to be like boots on the ground having meetings with real estate agents going out giving presentations going to all my different trade shows networking events um, really just going out and making friends. And there's a lot of free drink tickets at some of these events. So <laughs> it's just a person who is dynamic and outgoing and who just likes to go and connect with people. Um, those are probably my two biggest roles right now that I'm looking for. I'm already looking for my replacement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> looking for that for years. <laughs> That's not true, but I am trying to grow my replacement already because, um, yeah. you know, uh, so but anyway, we, so we're looking for, uh, we have Bradley coming in as the director of services right now, but we haven't put him in a full-time slot. So we're still working that piece of it out. Our director of operations position is currently open. Um, I recently posted for a ops and admin assistant, someone that can really just kind of take some of those tasks off of me since we don't have a director of operations right now. Mm -hmm and hopefully grow that person into the director position if no one else in the, you know, in the office or even an inspector is interested in it. So uh, what else are we hiring? We are looking for a plumber. We're always looking for an electrician. Um, what else are we looking for? I mean, those are probably the biggest. Like, those are right our biggest now. ones. Yeah. And that's because you guys offer those, those services in-house ongoing as a 
like ongoing maintenance. Well, we Something want we're to. Working on. Yeah. yeah, that's exciting. A that if there's a handyman out there that is wants to grow his handyman business but doesn't necessarily have the foundational support with HR and payroll and whatever, we're looking for partners to bring in. Um, you know, to he can set up protect handyman or you know home yeah. services. Yeah. So we've mold remediation. We're wanting to get into radon remediation we have not yet started that we want to do so we, our sewer scopes i feel like sewer scopes we're just letting money just fly off the table <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no I'm, yep. that's a thing i've been kind of pushing and that's why we want the plumber at least one plumber mm-hmm. you know on staff so those are the so, areas that we're really pushing to try how many to build. how many folks on the team today um, today, while well, we just hired a new guy yesterday, we're probably close to 50. Yeah. We're, we're between probably, we're probably like 47 right now. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. We have wow. 21 inspectors and then we have college kids that kind of come in and out. So yeah. it's, it's hard to pinpoint each yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> but I love thinking of the services as like the next phase of kind of our industry and then evolution, obviously within ProTech, because I think that, like you said, that's, is just where the bag is, that's the money that's left on the table, I think by every big multi um, in an area that they all should be expanding into. So I'm, I'm excited to see how that plays out. And, and as, as software providers, we're constantly thinking already of like how to set up the infrastructure to account for all these other service providers um, that are under your umbrella. Yeah. So I think that's the future. In touch with our, uh, we have a, a IT girl, Julie, who mm-hmm. does, who's just like an absolute genius on like she did not like, like knows how to code, but like knows what she wants of like how things should be, what it should look like. Right. And, yeah. yeah. As a matter yeah. of fact, she's firing a software company tomorrow. Yeah. For the, for peak environmental. Yeah. For our second company, she's fired him because it just doesn't do what we needed to do. It's like, bye. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'm tired of her investing all her time trying to fix it. So yeah, it's a complex world that we're entering, I think, with all these different services and, P- and how they connect and the routing and the notifications. And so it's, it's, it's exciting. We're pumped for this next phase because um, I think like empires are going to be built um, based on kind of this premise of the homeowner needs all these services and they should probably just come from ProTech as opposed to just going on Yelp or Google. Yep, I agree. Right on. Um, we're, at the, we're almost at the hour. Anything that we didn't talk about that you thought we should have or that we... Uh, that you were thinking I was going to ask? Hmm. I really didn't. I've, I've been so busy onboarding our new inspector yesterday that, uh, and just getting everything going with him. We just showed up. Yeah. It's best. It's best that way. That's my favorite yeah. ones where we literally like, Oh, it's 10 or 11. Let's, let's chat. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? Um, where can people find more information? Because I, I'm hoping this does become like an effective kind of networking tool for the industry, the podcast, because sometimes there's inspectors that turn into great ops managers or that turn into great growth people because they know the business already. Um, they want to get out of the field. So where can people kind of find more information? Um, give, give the pitch. Yeah. So um, always our website, it's protect-inspections with an S at the end.com. Um, obviously social media, we're on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, protect and underscore inspection services. Um, you can always email us. We have uh, executive team at protect-inspections.com. That goes to either Corey or I. Mm-hmm. Um, if you Google us, we have like over 2,000 uh, reviews. Shout out to Blip Reviews. Uh, <laughs> yep. And so we have Crushing lots of reviews. So we should, we should populate if you just Google us. Yeah. Awesome. Right on. Well, ladies, thank you so much. I, this is awesome. We sh- I always tell 
people like, Hey, you should come back and we'll just like brainstorm on certain topics or just mm -hmm. kind of freestyle it. I think that's what people tell me they really like to hear. So if you're ever down, if you can find more time, we'll actually, uh, maybe we'll prepare more next time. We'll see. We'll definitely be back. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. All right, ladies, have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.